Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Woo! What is up, man? Bringing the heat on week one. No, no, none of this week zero business anymore. This is week one. New intro. New intro. New intro dropped. New outro. Ooh. Stay tuned for that. Ooh. Spoiler alert. We are here. Week one. Getting ready for Texas Tech's first football game versus Murray State Racers. I'm I was excited. about to call them the Ramblers. I don't know why. I'm excited, man. You know, so Murray State is uh, located in Murray, Kentucky, which is on what's well, in Kentucky. So obviously their their mascot is a horse racer. They are all about the horse racing in Kentucky, if you didn't know. I, I have heard this. Yeah. So. Famous alum. Famous alum. Those of you who are Deadwood fans would recognize W. Earl Brown. I don't know any of those words you just said. Deadwood or W. Or, yeah. <laughs> don't know any of it. So we have your, we're going to follow up. We're going to look back at week zero for half a second. Look at the big 12 in week one. Get you ready for Texas Tech's week one matchup. Look at the depth chart, which has been released officially, both sides of the ball. Uh, preview the game versus Murray State. Look at the matchups. Of course, we're going to have to project a little bit looking back on what the Texas Tech offense looked like last year, what Western Kentucky's offense looked like last year. Speaking of Western Kentucky's offense, there have been a lot of people haphazardly discrediting Kitley's history, his trends and saying, well, he's, he's it's not going to be the air raid because he's got Sir Roderick Thompson and, and Taj Brooks. I've got numbers. I've got Spencer, stats. Spencer checked receipts, checked receipts. Not that he doesn't run the ball. He does, but, uh, get ready for shock to put up some stupid numbers, stupid, good numbers. Also really quickly. I want to know, We'll get there. <laughs> and then we'll look uh, not ahead. We'll, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit maybe about Houston next week. Probably not. Get to anything else that we had and then uh, what we learned. But if you need to follow us, you do. Not, not if you do, but you need to follow us at 23personnel on Twitter. It's two, three personnel you can follow me. Spencer at punts suck two S's there in the middle. And then Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And of course, Saturday morning, 10 to noon over on Rob Bros college tailgate show. Talk one Oh three, nine FM here in Lubbock streaming on KKM.com and on the talk one Oh three, nine mobile app. Catch us 23 personnel and the full set of gambling gauchos, Rob and Kyle. Join us also, a little cross promo for the Gambling Gauchos tailgate at Cardinals from noon to three. Plenty of time to do your pre tailgate tailgating and then get over to the stadium to do your pre game tailgating. <laughs> well, I like that you covered all the bases there. And if you don't already, be sure to follow Gambling Gauchos on Twitter and look for their recent tweet offering 
a drawing for free barbecue they will be giving away i think i believe it was 10 plates 10 plates of the world's best barbecue yes they are making the way or they're making the journey down here in their trailer and uh the gauchos are going to treat 10 lucky i think retweeters and or followers bikers yeah you gotta follow them too to some to a plate of barbecue and it is byob but there may be some yeah i'll just say just byob yeah you know just take care of yourself take care of yourself except for the barbecue that will be there provided you have a little bit of a, a little bit of bankroll behind you bison Rihino. Not not saying they're expensive. Just I, I was I was gonna say casholine. One, it's stupid. <laughs> Two, you don't need cash. They accept cards. You just need money. They take the money. With that, today's episode, the two hundred and ninety-first episode of the twenty-three personal podcast, is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, but without the vowels. All we ask that you do is close the door behind you. We're not trying to not let the funk out. Michael, did you see, speaking of sportsdrink and Big 12 football, the recent announcement that I did sports drink and the 1012 network have come together for a partnership. That's true. So we that know means, nothing about it, no. but we're excited nonetheless. That means our friends over at tortillas and takes are now officially part of the sports drink network. They will uh, obviously remain on the 1012 network, but those guys, I'll be sure Jeremy and producer, Dylan, although he may, he may pronounce his name differently. Uh, one of them, I, I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. I'm not a, I don't know. Anyways, they are 1012, the, the Texas Tech podcast over on the 1012 network. Now officially also a part of the Sports Drink network. So welcome. Welcome. Did you know, Michael, Texas Tech is a podcast school. I believe we have a dozen well, two more started this week. Uh, Ask Level started this week. Well, I mean, that's not really a podcast. That was a, I mean, it is, but it's because Chris Level's no longer doing his radio show, but that was probably the most popular segment that that radio station had done. And uh, with with him moving on to a different role in a different organization, trying to get him back. So there's that, the Ask Level and then uh, what was the second one you were going to mention? Locked on Texas Tech, which was uh, originally started by our main man, Mainville, and his pal, Emery. And they uh, stepped down recently, I think. And Cowan, Casey Cowan's actually going to take the Locked on Texas Tech podcast over he and Chris Level. So welcome. Welcome to the fold, guys. I mean, these are, these are radio professionals. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professionals. I mean, I'm just obviously. They're being, the professionals in the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're professionals. It's not like this is probably that new or exciting for them. But uh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast world. It's it's growing. I think per capita, Texas Tech may have 
the most podcasts per student or alumni. I don't know which metric you want to base it off of, Yeah, but we're glad to be a part of it. The more the merrier people listen to guys like us and go, well, hell I can do that. And then they do continue to do it. Let's get some podcasts. I, I don't, out there. I don't know if, if I should take that as a compliment or they're like, man, these idiots can do it. I, I can surely do it. Well, that's, that's kind of how I worded it that way. That way, you, you know, we can look at it as just, just really spot on excellence in broadcasting. Oh, for sure. But they, they say, well, you know, if I work really hard, I can do that. I always leave that part out. And definitely not saying that's what uh, Cowan and Level were doing. They were, like we said, hardy professionals. Michael, oh, yeah. it has been a little bit too long of an intro. Let's jump into football. Then. What do you think? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, week one. Let's, Let's do go. Joe keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown. Two now the end zone. Picked off. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slider able to escape. And that picked off. Back to back. Turnovers and water. Seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Wow. All right, Michael. I didn't think of anything during the uh during the intro so i think we're good to go <laughs> i usually do i i think you're still muted over there buddy nope that was me you had you had me <laughs> muted my friend <laughs> I, I i usually mute us during that so we can you know get a drink of water cough sneeze fart whatever and uh took myself off mute i was double muted there was a double rainbow here the other day, and I was, was just double muted. Yeah. Week zero interest. Did you did you tune in? Did you watch anything, Michael? I watched, oddly enough, the thing I watched the most was Western Kentucky. Mm, okay. They battled it out with Austin P. and I felt, I don't know why. I mean, I, I mentioned it, I think, on the radio show with Rob, but... I just wasn't buying the spread, so I took Austin P in the points, and I was I was right. I was vindicated. Vindication? Yes. I forgot what the spread was, like 26 or something. It's too much. And uh, it was 21, 2021 or something like that going into the fourth quarter. It was really close. And then, uh, yeah, the wheels kind of fell off. But that was the only pick I had right all week. So that was, I watched that and then I kind of was on break the rest of the day, took our little one to Chuck E. Cheese and then ended up uh, catching some of UNT and UTEP Okay. until I got sleepy and went to bed. <laughs> so you're not going to be one of those staying up for Pac-12 after dark. No, I'm not. And this happened on both of those games because... I was sort of keeping up with Vanderbilt, Hawaii at the same time. And when, when I checked out 10, 10 30, both of those games were about a one score difference. And yeah, then they turned out to, to not be that way anymore, especially the Hawaii game. Vanderbilt just slaughtered them, which was a little bit surprising and almost unnerving. Yeah. Then other games that had like weird spreads at Utah, Utah state, Yukon, 
spread was pretty wild. Was it 28? I think so, yeah. Utah State, or UConn covered, winning by only 11. Uh, Burt, Big Burt, defeated Wyoming 38-6. to uh, Nevada, New Mexico State, that's a little closer than you'd like to see. 23-12. And then Vanderbilt. They, yeah, did also, they score 63 points in all of last season? I don't know. They did week week zero. Okay. I also had, of all things, I had my Colby Carthel pick on action because SFA was favored five and a half. And they lost 42 to 17. Ooh. Thanks. To Jacksonville State. So... Not good. I, I, I was like, man, the, the fight in Lumberjacks, hopefully part of the Texas Tech system, they're going to they're gonna lay down the law then week zero, and, and they did not. No. No, they did not. Um, so let's, let's look at week one. It starts all on Thursday. Are there any games on the schedule that jump out to you that, like, I have to watch? There are two... Big 12 teams playing on Thursday, one more on Friday, and then everybody else gets started on Saturday. Those Thursday night matchups, you looking at any of those? Like, I'm, I'm going to tune into that. Yeah, you know, I th- I'm, I'm really, this was not in my wheelhouse as a college football fan, but the backyard brawl. West Virginia Pitt? Yep, I'm, I will be tuning into that because that's, it's, it's getting a lot of hype and West Virginia is really excited to finally play a team that they care if they win or lose against, because since they've joined the big 12, that has just not been an option. Okay. I really feel for them. I mean, they don't, they don't Do give a though? crap about the nine of us. They're just like, whatever. We'll, we'll fly our crazy logistical flight to Stillwater and then come home, I guess, and never run into an Oklahoma state fan ever. Yeah, but but yeah, that, I am excited about that. Speaking of I Oklahoma mean, State, they're also playing Thursday. Central Michigan hosting Central Michigan. Yeah, you don't care for that one so much. <laughs> okay, uh, what about future Big Twelve mate UCF hosting South Carolina State at the bounce house? That sounds interesting. But Sunny Cumbie going on the road at Mizzou. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably more interested in that one. Okay, Friday, um, nothing really except for Tennessee Tech at Kansas. Just kidding. Uh, Illinois at Indiana, so another Big Ten conference game, and then TCU at Colorado. <laughs> I loved there was a TCU fan account that tweeted, "We're gonna win on Friday." It's like, well, you're you're picked to win by two touchdowns, so mm-hmm. kind of hoping you probably should. You probably should, should. be thinking that way. Yeah. Um, I'd, I would actually take Colorado and the points there. Hint, hint. Not a big uh, believer in TCU. Saturday, Sam Houston State, Texas A&M. Nah. NC State at East Carolina could be a good one to pay attention to. As Texas Tech fans, obviously, we're heading out to North Carolina in a couple of weeks. Um, I know which one I'm going to be keeping an eye on in that same vein. Oh, yeah. Which one? UTSA versus Houston. Okay. Yeah, Houston is at UTSA week one, 330, CBS Sports Network. Set your palm pilot. Okay. What about uh you gonna have a flip channel over on ABC with Oregon, Georgia? No. No. UTEP Oklahoma. Don't care. I would rather watch Cincinnati, Arkansas. Twenty third. If, if I'm gonna have two channels going back and forth. Yeah, okay. At 3.30. BYU going all the way out to South Florida? No? Nah. <laughs> yeah. It's a stretch. Did, okay, okay. Did, did you see that you, number seven Utah, well, first off, top 10 Utah, <laughs> on the road in the swamp, the Gators are home dog. Oh, really? Yes. At least they well, were last time I heard. And then of I don't course, think that's going to go well for Utah. Oh, I certainly hope not. Uh, Utah State, Alabama. Look out, Aggies. 
Number five, Notre Dame at Ohio State. I'm 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 interested in that. I, I, of course, with all the Big Ten stuff, I'm probably going to watch a little bit of that on the during the commercial breaks of Murray State at Texas Tech. At least catch most of the first quarter since they start a full thirty minutes before Texas Tech does. Then we get a Sunday game, just one, with the holiday week in Florida State at LSU. Yeah, I'll watch that. There's another one. Western Kentucky is at Hawaii at midnight. So technically Sunday. <laughs> sure. <laughs> on, on the schedule, it's listed at 10.59. It's like, wow, they, they moved it up one minute. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing 12 a.m. on CBS yeah. Sports. And then Monday, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Why is this? But it's not, it's not, at, it's not technically at Georgia Tech. It's in uh, the Mercedes Dome. In Atlanta, but in Atlanta, yeah. What, why is this getting top billing on Labor Day? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, why wouldn't it be Notre Dame, Ohio State? That's the highest ranked matchup across any game this weekend. Well, it's just to even if they weren't ranked, there would be eyeballs that would want to see those two teams play. Yeah, just bizarre. Bizarre. How bizarre. Sorry, I'm not doing that again. All right. So Texas Tech depth chart starters announced released. With the uh, the game week press conference, Joey McGuire's first. He uh, took the podium. Also had Zach Kitley and Deruder, Tim Deruder. Gosh, I'm blanking on names tonight. It's not good. So they released the depth chart. Obviously, we we knew about uh, starting quarterback Tyler Shuck, running backs Sir Roderick Thompson, Taj Brooks listed as or. So one of those things I, we're sure to see. Both those guys uh, did. I don't know when this was released, uh, but I did find it interesting that uh, Cameron Valdez has been out and missing a little bit of practice lately. Expected to be back, but true freshman Bryson Donnell has been really impre- improving and impressing, and he will be also available to pick up some carries on Saturday. Outside receivers Loic Fungi, Gerond Bradley. I obviously still think you'll see a lot of J.J. Sparkman and Trey Cleveland. Inside receivers, Miles Price, which I think he could have a huge year in this offense. I liked uh, that was, you know what, the Miles Price highlight was what I thought of when you played the intro. There's a Miles Price highlight in there. And he's just, they've they've put him in front of the camera a lot more. Well, they put everybody in front of the camera a lot more this offseason, which I think is an excellent choice, but the pers- the personality of this guy is just undeniable. He's just so likable. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you liked what he did on the field anyway, but I never really got to know him, you know, as much as you can know someone just through watching their videos. But sure. The guy is, he's, he's just a blast. And I, he just, there's a, there was one clip, I think it was in the latest episode of the brand where he was celebrating, I think a touchdown and apparently he and one of the offensive linemen have this thing where they bump chests and then price jumps and the lineman then lifts him like, and, and throws him in the air. <laughs> just, I mean, almost like a, like a rag doll. It's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's a common thing, if they're going to do that every time or what, but the dude's just, his intensity is infectious, man. So anyway, yeah. yeah excited about him. It's going to be awesome to see him play again. Xavier white also listed there inside a receiver. I think if you're looking at some depth at running back being an issue, obviously he could slide over and get a little bit of playing time back there as well. Tight ends were listed with Henry Teeter as the starter. And then an or between Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup. Uh, I like all of them. So get, give me all three. Maybe, Michael, maybe all three in the field at the same time. Oh, maybe. a 23 personal siding would just maybe a couple. We, of running we backs. would implode. Yeah. Uh, then the offensive line starting left to right, left tackle, Caleb Rogers, left guard, West and right center, Dennis Wilburn, who has been on campus for a little bit and was kind of the surprise starter for the spring game, right guard, Landon Peterson, and then right tackle Monroe Mills on the defense. Nothing really had changed from when we talked about the, uh, projected depth chart a few weeks ago, except for, I was trying to do some digging because they listed 11 positions, um, which is expected right but i went back to oregon and looked at when they released their depth chart and they released 
12 starters. And here's where it, get, where I, it was a little confusing for me. They listed um, three linebackers on the Texas Tech's depth chart. Two inside linebackers and an outside linebacker. Only two defensive linemen, but then the word edge next to Tyree Wilson. I was like, is, is he considered a defensive lineman in this depth chart? Because the assumption was that there'd be two defensive tackle slash large defensive end types and a nose tackle. And then you'd get Tyree Wilson as an outside linebacker slash defensive end person, position. Two middle linebacker, like inside linebacker, inside linebackers, a middle and a will. And then on the depth chart, they also had an outside linebacker listed, Josiah Pierre. And that's the position I was like, well, we haven't heard a lot about Josiah Pierre or anybody at that position. So I wonder if that like Tyree Wilson is essentially the outside linebacker and a standard down. And when they go for fewer defensive lineman types on the field, they're going to sub in an outside linebacker there. I don't know. I didn't have the chance to ask DeRuder or McGuire this week. What? Where have you been? Well, I, I think you're, you're right. It's, it's gotta be some form of that. And I wonder if they're listing him as edge, if he could just be on either side, even they may swap him around. I don't know. I'd imagine they would, but, but we'll yeah, see. it was just kind of interesting. Like you pointed out earlier this summer that that outside linebacker position didn't really exist in an Oregon scheme, or at least what, from what we could tell. No, you had the two inside linebackers and then you had your edge rusher for them was Kayvon Thibodeau. And then you had a tweener safety linebacker, uh, the star position which will be Muddy Waters. Uh, you got two corners, Rayshad Williams, Adrian Fry, and then two safeties, Rabbit and Reggie Pearson. So, Murray State, Michael. They are, well, okay, so they're FCS level, right? I looked right. back, uh, I watched all of like 15 minutes of highlights of games for them. Most of it was against Cincinnati. Uh, and even in the press conference, Joy McGuire said they had a chance to have a, a, a lead in that game. Um, I don't know if the Cincinnati offense was just a little bit slow getting started, if they underestimated Murray State, or if their defense was, was that good. Um, Murray State scored first and took it to halftime, tied at seven. Um, it took... 20 full game minutes for Cincinnati to score their first points. Now they ended up running away with the game. I think they won like 42 to seven. They did, but it was 21 to seven early in the fourth quarter. The game was still well within reach. And then they poured it on the last couple of minutes. But well, Preston Rice on the opening drive threw a back-breaking interception. Well, he <laughs> in the end zone. He threw several of those in that game again. Yeah, there were five turnovers. Murray State had five turnovers, and still Cincinnati struggled to put them away till the fourth quarter. I'm sure that was one of those games as a Bearcat fan. If we'd have had 23 personnel, the Bearcat podcast, we'd have been like, "What are we doing?" Had a meltdown but, week one. Yeah, it would have been. We, we didn't even score. Our offense didn't score. Until the second quarter, we were held scoreless the whole first quarter against an FCS team at home. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, Preston Rice was their starting quarterback there. He played in seven games but got replaced as a starter in game five by someone I, I expect we'll see a lot of, DJ Williams. Last year, So I, I, I'm gonna when I give their, uh, their classifications, it'll be as of last year because all this stuff hadn't been updated yet. Last year, DJ Williams was a redshirt freshman. 6'2", 200-pound quarterback, um, threw for 1,020 yards, 55% completion rate, only three touchdowns. The main thing I got, I gleaned from watching their their tape and, and looking at all of their stats, this is a run-heavy team. And when I say run, they, they run a lot of option, too. 
uh, DJ Williams, and, and not like a Georgia Tech, Army, Navy type option, but like outside zone, inside zone, like zone read stuff. Um, DJ Williams was the second leading rusher for the team. He carried the ball 83 times for 532 yards, six rushing touchdowns. So he had nine touchdowns on the year. Their leading running back was also a redshirt freshman, DeMonte Witherspoon, 5'10", 205. Michael, when I call this man a workhorse, he carried the ball, even as a, a redshirt freshman, so first action, no fewer than 14 times a game. Goodness gracious. Anywhere up to 27 times. He had a game or season high of 27 carries. Finished the year just under 1,050 rushing yards, 4.6 yards per carry, and nine rushing touchdowns himself. So between quarterback and running back, they had almost 1,600 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns between them. Yeah, and both of those guys, um, the quarterback, DJ Williams, he was the Ohio Valley Conference Freshman of the Year, which yeah. makes sense. Witherspoon was uh, on the all-conference team. There, I mean, there's some good players. They had a, a center who was recently named a preseason FCS All-American, Levi Nestler, who is a walk-on, actually. He's a red-shirt red shirt senior now, but he's a walk-on from a local high school, so that's kind of a cool story. But uh, they have some experience, even though, the, you know, the running back and quarterback are young but they are being recognized in their conference. And one thing I didn't realize is they're getting ready to transition to the Missouri Valley conference next year. I think the rest of the sports at Murray state have already made that transition, but football will be doing that next year, which according to uh, the media relations guy I caught on the podcast, uh, he quoted that the Missouri Valley conference is the sec of the FCS. So these guys may be in for a shock okay. next season. But, um, you know, I I do think that they can't be taken lightly. Of course, Austin P just walloped them last year at home. It was Murray State's homecoming. Oh, that's not a good look. Yeah, and we saw what happened to Austin P just this weekend by Western Kentucky with a full, you know, a different philosophy on offense, basically. Uh, but it's it's going to be a team with a couple of really good players, uh, some big linemen. You know, the offensive linemen are big. Uh, they've, I think Silva had a depth chart on them too. And, you know, 323, 300, 320, 333, 338. Some big dudes. There's some, there's some road, D1 road linemen there for sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess just to drive the point home really quickly – uh, I did also look at their receiving core. No receiver last year had more than 33 receptions, which is a couple of weeks for Texas Tech receivers, like maybe three weeks. This was a season worth of work. Uh, led by Lamartez Brooks, a redshirt junior, 6'1", 190, 33 catches, 447 yards, and a touchdown. Jacob Bell, sophomore, 6'3", 175, 20 catches for 234 yards. DeMonte Witherspoon, the starting running back, Added an additional 18 receptions to his offensive output for 170 yards and a touchdown. And then Jake Satoff, 16 receptions, 125 yards, two touchdowns. They had one more guy up here at the top of the list that was a senior last year that I didn't, I, I don't think he's on the roster this year. I think he graduated and has moved on. So, um, yeah, they, they, they can throw the ball, but look for it to be a, a heavy option look. Uh, really going to put guys like um, Tyree Wilson in a bunch because <laughs> you're not going to let him just pin, pin his ears back and, and, and get after uh, DJ Williams. Going to make him read. Uh, and, and maybe this is a game where you see less of a typical uh, DeRuiter defense. You get more linebackers on the field, more of a four-man line look. Um, but speaking of offense, though, we're talking about offense and philosophy. I want to look at the Texas Tech offense because we, we we typically do this. We do a comparison on the 
the Texas Tech offense versus the the opponent's defense, and then vice versa, the opponent's offense versus the Texas Tech defense. Look for some statistical uh, comparisons and advantages here. I'm going to look at both last year's offense uh, more as a, like, here's what we kind of expected from last year, and then also looking at Western Kentucky. More so trying to blend the two, uh, obviously because you have Kitley, you don't have Bailey Zappi or Stearns, but it'll be somewhere between these numbers, I believe. Last year, the offenses for Texas Tech passed for 257 yards a game. Western Kentucky uh, threw for 433 yards per game. Uh, What's interesting, almost identical yards per attempt. So what that just says is Western Kentucky threw the ball a hell of a lot more than Texas Tech. Going back to Kitley, he's going to throw the ball. Yes, he's going to run the ball. Um, We'll get to his trends in a second. (laughs) I want to look at that. Uh, Texas Tech ran for almost 160 yards a game at 4.8 yards per carry, which was fantastic. Western Kentucky, uh, 103 per game at 4.1 yards per carry. So decent success. Uh, They just didn't run the ball as much. Um, Texas Tech was good for converting nearly 43% of their third downs. Western Kentucky, almost 46%. Look at the Murray State defense. They gave up 186 passing yards a game at 6.6 yards per attempt. Granted, I this is not opponent adjusted, so you have to take into consideration their division in the FCS and who, who they play and their style of offense. I couldn't tell you who else is in the Ohio Valley conference and their offensive philosophies and skill positions and players and all that kind of stuff. I just can tell you they were pretty balanced in terms of their defense and giving up 186 passing yards and 182 rushing yards. Um, the pass yards per attempt was pretty low for, for what I was expecting. Their rush yards per attempt they gave up was pretty high, five yards per carry. Right, and this was still the number one uh, total defense in, in their conference last year. And I know that total defense is kind of a, a stat that people can throw away or it's trash, take it or leave man. it. It's trash. Sure. And so depending on which, which side of the court you fall on, on that, it may mean nothing, but they do have some, uh, some talented guys. You know, Eric Zamuda is a red shirt senior. He had 77 tackles last year. He's led the team in tackles the last two seasons. He was all conference last year. Um, so he'll, he'll be someone to look for as the inside linebacker. And then they, I think they've got a new guy that they're really excited about who you kind of forget that the transfer portal exists for everybody, but they got a D two transfer in from Hillsdale. He's uh, on the line. Nate chambers, six, three, two ninety four. It's a big dude. Red shirt senior. So he might be somebody to look, look forward to. Yeah. So speaking of the offense, uh, I, I mentioned it in the open, uh, I mentioned just a second ago, I want to look at Zach Gitley's offense just to kind of one last time set the stage for what we can expect. Um, I went back and looked at Houston Baptist offense the year prior to Kitley arriving and then his projections and trends uh, in his three years there. And then look at the year before he arrived at Western Kentucky, which would have been his last year at Houston Baptist, then what he did in year one, and compare that to what Texas Tech did last year. So I've got three years of pre-Kitley offense and four years of Kitley offense to tell you the dude's going to throw the ball. So at, at Houston Baptist... Um, in 2017 year before they threw 342 times for just under 1900 total yards year one, he threw 463 times. It's 120 more times in the season for just under 3000 yards. So he added almost 1200 total yards to the offense immediately. The offense scored 152, I'm sorry, 150 points. The year prior to Kitley arriving, 301 the year he arrived. He doubled their offensive scoring in one year. 2019, 
pass yards or sorry, passing attempts went from 463 to 594. Passing yards went from 2970 to 4000. Uh, passing touchdowns the year before Kitley went what was eight year one 25 year two 38 rushing attempts supremely consistent across all of the years that Kitley has called offense 358 348 349 and yeah. I, had, I had to project one of the years because one year at Houston Baptist they only played four games uh, that would have been 315 carries that year Rushing so, yards. so far, everything's pointing to pass heavy. Some years more pass heavy than others, mm-hmm. but obviously, this is kind of what we would expect to see with with this offense. You know, maybe not the Mike Leach special where they run the ball fifteen percent of the time or something, but something that's obviously going to favor the pass a little bit more. And Kitley went into it in his in the press conference today. He's not he's not looking to do this. He's not. He doesn't have a set number in his head. Like, well, I've got to get get the ball in the air sixty five percent of the time. He 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 will change and adjust based on what the defense has given him, and that's that's what you hope for. But then you also hope that the defense just can't freaking stop you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you say that he didn't have, have a number, um, but historical trends say this is what he's going to do. So I'm going to believe that before I believe he's going to he changes everything when he does to fit around. Oh, sure. Running yeah. back. No, I'm, I'm just getting, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just not thinking he's up there, not up there. He's going to be on the field. He's six, seven. He doesn't need to be in the press box. So he's, he's going to be on the sideline and not sitting there on third and five going, Oh, let's hand it off. Let's hand it off because I need to get these numbers up. No. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't think anybody thinks that way, but so, Just in case someone thought they thought that way. I don't think they do. His passing yards in his four years as an offensive coordinator, year one, 2968, year two, 4011. Year three, it's a projection on 12 games, 5514, year four, 6072. Those are real actual yards. That's not a projection, that 6,000 no, number. That, yeah, that, that, that's year one at Western Kentucky. Pass attempts, 463, 594, 651, 697. All those numbers all trended up. Touchdowns, 25. These are passing touchdowns. 25, 38, 45, 63. Uh, I gave you the rushing attempts. They're all pretty equal. Rushing touchdowns, 10, 13, 6. It's a little bit of an anomaly, again, because of the, the projection there. And then 13, total offense, 4,300, 5,500. 6,500, 7,500. Yeah. In literally in adds a thousand years, a thousand yeah. yards a year. Yeah. In, in one year at Western Kentucky and credit to you for putting all this together. I'm just seeing what you did. No, you can read it. It's fine. But tripled the amount of passing yards, um, almost doubled the amount of passing attempts, went from 12 passing TDs to 63. Total offense, like you said, went from 34.84 to 75.07. So doubled total offense, more than doubled, and then almost tripled the points. That's what's insane. The scoring offense, 2020 Western Kentucky. Of course, it was 2020. Are those projected 2020s? No. That was uh, a full season for him. Mm, okay. I just went through all those numbers, and now I don't feel as as good about them. Because that was, I think they played in the spring. Western Kentucky? No. They played in the fall. Houston oh, Baptist State did. Murray State played in the spring. And, and Houston Baptist played in the spring. No, sorry. They, they they played their four non-conference games that fall, which was one of those games was against Texas Tech, and then their season shut down. Right. And they, they may have picked up in the spring, but he was hired at Western Kentucky in December. So Yeah. No, I got you. You still there? May have yep. Lost Michael there for a second. So what what we were looking at was that first year at Western Kentucky. Um, man, he he took it and and doubled the output. You, you can say what you want about you know he he brought in an offense, uh, not just um, 
you know, his own system, but he brought in Zappy and Stearns. But you can't, you can't uh, negate the fact that he doubled the output uh, and nearly tripled the output and sc- points scored. Michael, you're back. We lost you there for a second. We're just wrapping up the 2021 but- Western Kentucky. Offense. No, you're good. You had just frozen, and so I didn't know what had happened, and I you just stopped talking. No, you're good. Uh, oh. And then, and then looking at 2021 Texas Tech. Um, so this is what Texas Tech did last year under Matt Wells and Sonny Cumbie. Uh, 389 passing attempts. Kitley has never attempted fewer than 463 passing attempts. So 70 more passing attempts across the season. Uh, 3,340 yards passing that like putting these numbers together for Dex tech last year was surprised. I was like, wow, we haven't, we haven't seen an offense like this maybe ever Texas tech. Um, it was a 55 45 advantage run to pass in terms of number of plays, which surprised me. Uh, 33, like I said, 3,300 passing yards, almost 2,100 rushing yards, 463 rushing attempts. So identical in terms of Kitley's lowest passing attempts as an offensive coordinator to rushing attempts for Texas tech last year, as much as Texas tech ran the ball last year, that's how often Kitley throws Uh, Texas tech ran for almost, well, let's just say 4.7 yards per carry 30 rushing touchdowns to 18 passing touchdowns. That number also surprised me. 5,400 total yards and 394 points. Again, um, the lowest Kitley offense output in terms of points was year one at Houston Baptist, 301. Year two, 429, 405, 619. So, I think that we're in for a welcome uh, bump in offensive effectiveness, efficiency, and points. Having said all this, I couldn't care less if he runs the triple option and runs it 70 times a game and throws it 10. If he's putting up 7,500 yards and 620 points, which he wouldn't in a triple option offense, but (laughs) get the point, I would take it. On the flip side, let's look at defense real quick. I did the same thing where I compared Texas Tech 21 and Oregon 21. Again, different conferences, different levels of talent. And the Murray State offense. So Texas Tech defense gave up 267 pass yards a game. Oregon gave up 241 pass yards a game. Uh, 7.6 yards per attempt for Texas Tech versus 7. Um, hundred and 59 rushing yards at Texas Tech, 143 at Oregon. Almost a full yard per carry difference. Uh, the one thing that sticks out to me, I was like, man, actually, uh, <laughs> we were a little bit better on, on defense last year than Oregon. Third down, Texas Tech was able to stop com- uh, hold opponents on, well, opponents were able to convert 44.7% of the time versus Oregon's 46%. Murray State offense, uh, they threw for 162 yards a game at 6.4 yards per attempt. They ran for 205 yards per game at five yards a carry. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit surprised by, you know, how well Texas Tech defended the run last year. You know, 160 yards per game, that seems pretty good. Yeah. Historically, for a Texas Tech team, that that 2015 or 2016 defense like still haunts me, man. Like I'm, I'm always, I, just, I just think about that year. And it's like, how how were we that bad? Yeah, but I do remember the third down conversion being a problem. It just seemed like it was a coin flip as to when uh, they were going to be able to get a stop on third down. And I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that you know with the return of Muddy Waters. And, uh, you know, you've got Tyree Wilson there, too, to to hopefully pressure the quarterback into making some bad decisions. Then the pass yards per game of 267, which is that's pretty brutal. Um, Hopefully that will go back down this year. Yeah, so it was uh, yeah, it was 2015 that rushing defense, Texas Tech, 280 yards a game. 
6.2 yards per carry. Yikes. All right. Uh, enough with that, Michael. Let's get to our projections. There isn't a an official line. I did see uh, Bill Connolly gave his S&P Plus projections for the entire weekend and included the Texas Tech-Murray State game. I felt that it was pretty spot on to what I wanted to project. I will go first. I'm saying that Texas Tech will win this game, and I'm going to say it's going to be 49-10. to 10. 49 to 10. Okay. I'm basically doing the same thing, except I'm just adding three because I, I want tech to get a 50 burger. <laughs> okay. And so I'm saying tech's going to win 52 to 13. Yeah. The S and P plus uh, projection had a 38 point spread. I was like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. It, and I think if, if anything comes out on this, whatever the point total is, and if it's less than, 65, I think I'm going to take the over. So if it comes out like 60 and a half, you're, you're, you're taking the over. Oh, yeah. I think so. Obviously, because you projected 65 here. Yeah. Okay. So. Man, I, that is exactly what I did. <laughs> anything else on the Murray State Racers? No. I, you know they're talking about the packages that the different quarterbacks are going to see and use. And do, do you, do you really think we'll see all three? Yes, I do. I mean, it's, it seems like it's been such a point of emphasis that I think even the coaches are bringing it up. I don't know if it's necessarily being asked of them. I think they are actively bringing it up without being questioned on it. So I think they will. Um, and, and they're, you know, that you're even talking about, it's not just going to be at the end of the game. It's going to be throughout the game. So whatever that means, uh, one thing they mentioned about Morton, which I hadn't considered, you know, obviously Smith's one of his advantages of, of as a quarterback is his mobility. Shuck would also bring up the point to the coaches and say, Hey, I can move too. But they would just say, yeah, but that's not what we're going to use you for. <laughs> but, uh, Morton, they really like his ability to throw on the move. And so they might kind of create some stuff where the pocket may move with him and uh, pass protection may move with him and he can design for him to kind of roll out and, and get the ball to somebody. So that might be something you look for, but maybe a little more RPO type stuff where he's moving yeah. a little bit on, on a run fake. Right. And, and, you know, McGuire and Kitley both insisted that the, the linemen, uh, you know, the offensive linemen, whoever's back there, they're comfortable with because they're similar enough in their styles. But, if you're creating packages for these guys, they're not that similar. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, I think this is what you're supposed to do. You've got three quarterbacks. You need to get them some time in, in a game like this, hopefully. And then kind of move on from there. I, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'll just need to see it in practice. I'm not so sure how I'll feel about Donovan Smith trotting out every time it's a second and five you know, at the 30 or something. I, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. If that's something they continue to do. And then the fans are just going to be confused and wonder why he pulled him back out. And anyway, do you have a, uh, like what you would want to see? Cause I, what, what I want to see is something like shot gets all the first half and like maybe a, a possession in the third quarter. And then you give it over to DeSmith and let him get a full quarter. Uh, and then like the last, last drive, maybe two, but you, you get Donovan gets a full quarter and then Morton gets the change. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that cut and dried. Uh, that seems, I mean, that's just kind of the common sense way to do it. That seems like what most everybody does. That's what everyone tries to do in these games. Matt Wells wasn't able to because the game was not in hand. So he was always keeping whoever he could out there against SFA and Houston Baptist. So they didn't get to use that time wisely. But I, what you said is what I would imagine most people would do. But 
the coaches sure are talking about doing something different. You know, I don't know if Shuck's going to go out there for a whole drive and then the next drive Shuck's going to get across the 50 and then it's Smith's turn or, or, you know, then they kick off the second half and Morton comes out or I I have no idea what they're going to do. It sounds like they really might do something kind of unconventional, which is exciting, but also curious. Yeah. I, what they've talked about having packages for all three. I don't like the idea of, of like subbing in different packages in a drive. Like sure. You're going to have the strengths of all three of these, these quarterbacks. I would like to see, yeah, you can have a package, but like let that package include a drive or span a drive, whether that it's a three and out or down the field and a score. Like you, you want to see them run the offense in their package, give them a drive and not like, yeah. Hey, it's situational second and three. Let's put in Smith. It's hard to build a rhythm that way. Yeah. I, I don't want to see yeah that. I don't want them. Yeah. You're coming off cold. You've been standing on the sideline for 35 minutes and all of a sudden, all right, run in. It's third and three. Yeah. We need you to do a play action, something or another. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, hell, I don't know. I mean, Baron Morton may come out in the fourth quarter and then Tyler Shuck finishes up in the red zone. I don't know what they're going to do, but we will, we will see. And we'll see if it's, if it's very effective to change uh, change direction that much. Yeah. So the other thing, uh, Michael, and I haven't talked about this yet. It's in the notes. I, I, I put in there as we started, um, post game show. We've always done a, an instant reaction and we, we, we will, we'll do an instant reaction this year. Um, we won't do a Twitter space because we can't record it. Well, we can, but it, it the audio quality is, is bad. And, Spencer will not live for that. No, I won't. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't say this to, to, to poke fun, like, but I, I've, I've seen other live shows that have limited control on speakers. Twitter does not have good control over guests. So I, I've seen people be brought on to, to give a thought that won't go away. <laughs> uh, and I think the people know who I'm talking about or the, the people involved know, know what I'm talking about. So we, we, we won't do a Twitter spaces and there, there, there are other shows that do that and get huge followings and I'm not, I'm not into competing with them. We will still do instant reaction. We'll, we'll still try to put out a recording uh, as soon after the game as possible. We're going to, we're going to hit record as soon after the game as possible. Um, whether that's going to be live on a platform to be determined, we may go back to color cast. We don't currently have a, not color cast uh, green room. I like Spotify green room better than, than color cast. Uh, we don't have a, a uh, specific sponsor lined up for that through the network. So we're not tied to a specific platform, um, but we'll, we'll have an instant reaction for you, whether it's live or for sure recorded, but it'll be up um, soon after the game as possible. We may even start recording before the game's over. If it's in hand and Michael's like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> It's 11 o'clock, man. Let's, let's get this rolling. Let's get this in the can. I'm, I'm putting that on him, but like as a, as a, as a man with two children, myself at at the bedtime, they wake up the same time every day, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, school day, there's no sleeping in this house. Luckily we're not getting up at five o'clock, but it's like, there's no sleeping in. Um, all that being said, post game show. I I do know our friends over at gambling gouchers will do a gambling gouchers after dark spaces. Well, after the game is over, um, they didn't want to, they also didn't want to compete with some of the other live shows. And I'm not privy to their discussions, but Rob said something about, they also had a discussion about whether or not they could record it and release it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, cause they have a lot of great content over there. If you're not, you should oh, yeah. be checking out gambling gauchos. Um, Michael, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with what we learned. Okay. What do we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. One, I think it's funny that game week, I've been looking forward to this show the longest and we are wrapping up and it's under an hour 
our shortest episode by far <laughs> in quite a while. I, I, I will take some of the blame on that because I told you before we started my, I have a sore throat. I don't know what the heck's going on. It's not strep, but it's just not good. So I, I am not a hundred percent apologize to those. If you could tell all this weather, this rain, random yeah. love it, by the way, love it. Yes. Uh, I've got grass growing. Finally, let's, let's do a little going yard update here. We've got some grass growing at 23 South. Uh, finally, um, I put the seed down last week, went out of town, came back. There was grass. I was like, that's nice. <laughs> uh, the rain uh, held off long enough and the grass is kind of more established. So these evening downpours we've been getting and like heavy downpours haven't seemed to be affecting the grass negatively. Uh, did notice there's some stripes in the yard where the seed went down heavier. It's like, that's fun. I'm like double passed or whatever. Uh, and then some bare spots I get to go back and fix. Um, I've got grass, man. I'm excited about that. Uh, two, also excited. This is not what we learned, just what I'm looking forward to. Changing gears. Looking forward to trying those smoked shotgun shells. I got the ingredients. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going to put them together tomorrow because they have to sit overnight and then smoke them Thursday for college football kickoff. What is the filling? What are you going with? So uh, I got like a um, Italian sausage. I'm just going to cut those open out of the casing, mix it with cream cheese, shredded cheese, and a little bit of a barbecue rub. That'll do. That'll be all right. Put it in a manicotti shell, roll it, wrap it in bacon, smoke those bad boys for like an hour or so. I just made the connection that... They're called manicotti shells. And so then well, that's where they, the shotgun shells it, it, comes from. I, I, I may, well, I you may. You said it, so I, I'm with you. I believe you. Is it a manicotti shell or is it a noodle? I don't know. It's a shell of a noodle? Little sleeves is what it uh, translates to. Really? That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to talk about with uh, getting my five-year-old ready. Yeah, get the get that shirt over there with the men the coty. <laughs> Just get that one. Anyways, so what did you learn this week? Oh, I learned um, two things. I learned one, kind of what you touched on earlier. Lubbock Spring decided to show up in August for whatever reason. So we've had haboobs the last few days. We've had um, you know seventy mile an hour winds the last few evenings. Raining mud. Mike Leach's favorite weather pattern. Yep. Um, that's all happened the last week. Uh, thankfully no hail that I've experienced, but I'm sure there's someone out there who has. So aside from the hail, it's kind of in, in the wind relentlessly blowing all day, you know, that hasn't been happening, but so no, aside like from those two things, it's just been kind of a nice Lubbock spring lately, which mm-hmm. just ties it into football <laughs> fall weather. And it, it should be wrapped up, uh, well ahead of the game. Like I think it's supposed to wrap up this nonsense Thursday. Yes. And, t- and today so, was the warmest it's been all, all, all this spell. It, it hit 81. 81. Good luck. Good night. It's just my energy bill is just thankful. Yeah. High of 76 yeah. tomorrow, back to 81 Thursday, 88 Friday, 87 Saturday. The other thing, for those of you I'm sure who are super interested, last week I mentioned having a horrible experience trying to smoke a pork shoulder. Did you redeem and yourself? I think I, no, but I think I realized it was my fault, Spencer. Oh, what happened? Because it was just, I, I started doing all sorts of research afterwards. And after we had our podcast, I think the fact that it didn't have the word butt on the label, it was just pork shoulder. Because I swear I've gotten pork shoulder butt or something like that or pork butt shoulder or whatever. And it didn't or, have the word butt on there. Or it's and like so, a weird mix know, of like shoulder roast or... Right. But so I think I got exactly what I paid for, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I, you know, I read that a lot of people like to roast this cut of meat Mm -hmm. and they get the skin all crispy and it talked about the, yeah, the skins on it. You know, everything they described, I was like, yeah, crap, this is the cut of meat I got. I'm the idiot. So they, they like roast it and then they kind of slice it and use it for, I would imagine tacos or kind of whatever you want, but it's, it's not to be pulled apart. It's to be kind of roasted and sliced somehow. 
And so I tried to do pulled pork with it and it was just an epic fail. But anyway, uh, I will get a chance to redeem myself on Labor Day. That is the plan. Yeah, we got the holiday weekend coming up. So, hey, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Getting ready for week one. Murray State Racers coming to town. Be sure to catch us on the Rob Rowe College Tailgate Show 10 to noon on Saturday and then hit up Cardinals and slide in the loop noon to three. We'll see you guys there. And for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.